What is this? Are you trying to trick me? What is your problem? You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're remastering another episode from Season 1. This is my other very special episode from early in that season. A couple of weeks ago I did the one about growing up as a fat kid. This is the episode about bullying. I did them a few weeks apart originally, and I'm remastering them a few weeks apart because they kind of go hand in hand. They kind of form the foundation of the person that I became, the person that I am today. I grew up as the fat kid, and I grew up being bullied. And neither one was a wonderful way to grow up. But I wanted to memorialize those stories when I originally did the episodes, and I got a lot of feedback from them. People actually reached out to me and said that they meant a lot to them that I was able to talk so freely about that. And we're in season six now, and I know people don't always go back into the archive to look for episodes, so I wanted to bring these episodes forward because they mean a lot to me, and I think they say important things. As I was remastering this and re-editing it and taking out some of the pops and clicks and tightening it up a little bit, it brought back memories, just like the first time that I did it. It's often hard to relive the stuff that hurt us when we were young, and this is one of those times. It was painful to relive this. Because while being bullied did form the foundation of who I am today, I'm not that person anymore. And it's a good feeling to know that I overcame all the stuff that I was put through as a kid. Anyway, I didn't mean to get so philosophical. I just wanted to do a little intro to this remastered episode. I have used pieces of it in other best of episodes, but this is the episode in its entirety. If you haven't heard it before, I hope you enjoy it. And if you have heard it before, I hope you enjoy it again. Anyway, here are some stories about being bullied. You know, the kind of person that I am these days, the kind of person that I became as a result of growing up the way that I grew up, is all part of why I wanted to do story time. Because these stories are, are, are me. It's, it's, it's the kind of person that I am because of what I grew up with, because of what I went through, because of the way things were when I was a kid. So today's episode is about bullying. And um, it's a difficult topic to talk about um, just in general. Because it happens all the time, and a lot of times people pass it off as, ah, they're just teasing them, or they're just picking on them. And yeah, that's true too, but there's a difference between teasing and bullying. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about as well. But one of the other reasons that I wanted to talk about it is, it's something that happens all of the time. If you're in any way different, you're liable to be bullied, one way or the other, especially if you're in school. It's worse when you're a kid because a lot of times when you're a kid, you don't feel like you have any outlet, anywhere to go, anyone to talk to. And that's one of the other things that I wanted to do with this podcast was to let you know you're not alone, to let you know that there are people who've been there, who've experienced what you're experiencing, who you can turn to if you want somebody to turn to, even if you just want to vent, if you want to let somebody know, I'm going through crap right now and I just need somebody to listen. Sometimes that's all you need, somebody to listen. Bullying is, is more malicious than people realize. When you're getting picked on, it's, it's like a five-year-old saying, why is your shirt so ugly? Neener, neener, neener. Bullying has meanness attached to it and intent. There is some kind of malicious nastiness 
underlying bullying that doesn't exist with simple, you know, five-year-old teasing. And a lot of that maliciousness people do tend to grow out of because there's a lot of peer pressure involved in bullying. I get that. The captain of the football team has all of the football team gang up on the strange kid, and there's peer pressure involved, and as you mature, you grow out of those things. But the guy who instigates it may not. He may be that aggressive, nasty, manipulative person that we run into in business or in court or on the street or wherever you happen to be, and that's that guy. But the stuff that he caused when he was a kid stays with the person who was bullied too, and I'll tell you about that. Now, bullying in my day was very different than it is these days. Obviously, you guys know I'm a a tiny bit older than a lot of you. (laughs) So, (laughs) just a little bit. There was no social media. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat. There was none of that where the bullying happened when I was a kid. When I was a kid, bullying was upfront. It was in your face. It was in-person nastiness. Sometimes it would be more subtle than others, but other times, boy, it was downright in your face. And I'll give you some examples. The bullying can take the form of any type of behavior. I first got a pair of glasses when I was in, I believe it was either the fourth or the fifth grade. I don't remember exactly when, but I do remember as soon as I put those glasses on my head, boy, I was four eyes. I was four eyes to everybody, and everybody made fun of the fact that I had to wear glasses, and now I had this big set of black frames on my face. Which is weird now, because the glasses that I had when I was a kid are very popular today. But boy, when I was a kid, when you got those glasses on your face, that big black rim glasses that you had to wear, because that's the only style there was, you were the target. It sounds stupid, right? They were picking on them for wearing glasses. But boy, when everybody picks on you about your glasses, oh, it wears you out. It really does. One of the other things is, it's the social ostracism that's kind of a passive-aggressive bullying, whether it's you're always picked last in the sports, either because you're the fat kid, which I was, as you know from listening to other episodes, or because you wear glasses, or because they don't like you. That's a passive-aggressive way of bullying, and that's something that I was experiencing too. You, You may have remembered me talking about the dance segments we had in high school and in uh, middle school, where part of phys ed was learning to be social, we would have these dance segments where you'd have to learn to square dance, or you'd have to, where, where you'd have to learn to line dance or do the hokey pokey. No one wanted to be my partner. It was always me trying to find somebody who would be my partner to be in the dance. And it was, it was horrible. It was horrible because you could see people averting their eyes. And I learned that cue at an early age people would avert their eyes so that they wouldn't have to look at me so that I wouldn't go up to them and ask them to be my partner because the boys always had to ask the girls because back in the day, that was the social norm. The boy asked the girl. So me being the shy, introverted fat kid who was always picked on had to find it in himself to go ask not even a girlfriend, but just a female in my class to be my partner. And it was horrible. It was horrible. There was one particular incident, and I remember this vividly. I remember this vividly, and it stayed with me all of these years. It's weird what you do remember, but I can see the classroom. I can see the person. I can see the person who was with her. It was an incident that happened in seventh grade, and I remember that clear as a bell, and I remember which classroom it was in. We were in a study hall with a substitute teacher, and I was sitting in one of the desks. This particular girl was sitting behind me. 
And for no reason that I can think of, I didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. We weren't fighting. But she was one of those kind of aggressive talkers who had her little click. And for whatever reason, she hauled off and slapped me in the back of the head. It was an open-handed whack. It was, I mean, you could hear it. It was just like that around the back of my head. And I looked around and I said, stop it. And she just smiled and laughed. And her friend next to her smiled and laughed. And I turned around and went back to my work. And 30 seconds later, she slapped me again. And, you know, you could hear it just like that. And, you know, it was nothing I could do anything about because the substitute teacher wasn't paying attention and nobody around me was paying attention. I didn't have any friends to come and defend me, but she had her friend egging her on. And 30 seconds later, she slapped me again, back in the back of the head. Now, I was always taught, well, I was taught several things. I was taught first, you never hit a girl. And I've never hit a girl in my entire life. You just don't. Second, they always told me, my parents would tell me if I was having a hard time in school, well, just ignore it and they'll stop. That's a very parental thing to say. And I've said it to my kids. But I remember that was one of the things that my mother told me, just ignore it and they'll stop. So I was trying to ignore it, but it was very difficult to ignore because when somebody's whacking you in the back of the head, you kind of have to notice it. So by the time the fourth whack in the head came across the back of my head, I had no other recourse. I started crying. Now I'm in seventh grade. I'm a fat kid. I had no friends. And now there's a girl whacking me in the head and I'm crying in class. Yeah, that's a great picture to present to a whole bunch of middle schoolers, the fat crying kid with no friends. So I put my hand up because the substitute teacher wasn't paying any attention. I put my hand up and I said, excuse me. And I'm whimpering and whining and crying through this. And I said, I need to go to the nurse because that was my only out. That was all that I had to me was a place to get out of this classroom because no one was helping me. I was by myself. I had to find a way out of this situation. And that was the only way that I found. And the substitute let me out. She said, yeah, go to the nurse. And I sat in the nurse's office and I tried to explain to her what was happening. And so she let me stay in the office for the rest of the period. And nothing was ever done to the girl or her friend. Nothing was ever done for me as a result of this incident. It's just something that I had to live with. It's a hard thing to live with. And all of these years later, it's still in my head. I still remember it. And it's that kind of thing that would happen to me all of the time. There are other things that happened. I mean, I, I didn't go to the cafeteria if I didn't have to for lunch. And this is because I got picked on for carrying a lunchbox. Now, there's a reason that I carried a lunchbox. And I know now that in middle school, I was past lunchbox age. Back in my day, lunchbox age ended about fifth grade. Now, I've said this before, and it's no secret that I didn't grow up with a lot. My parents didn't have two nickels to rub together. So getting a new lunchbox was crazy talk. I mean, these days, kids get a new backpack every six months. But back in the day, if I was lucky enough to have a lunchbox, that lunchbox had to last me till the hinges fell off. But I really wanted this one particular lunchbox. I was in love with Peanuts and Snoopy. And they had this Snoopy lunchbox that I wanted. And for years and years, we couldn't afford it. I didn't get it. I don't even remember what lunchbox that I had before that, but all I wanted was this Snoopy lunchbox. And I finally got it, but in fifth grade. Now, in fifth grade, the kids transitioned over to brown bags, but I wanted to take my Snoopy lunchbox to school. I so wanted to take Snoopy, and so I did. 
for about two weeks because the teasing and the getting picked on was incessant. And everybody would say something, or they'd snicker, or they'd giggle, or they'd knock the lunchbox off the table, or whatever it was. And I loved that lunchbox, but I stopped taking it to school because I couldn't stand the abuse. And it's a stupid thing. It's a stupid thing to get picked on about. But when you have that, and you're the fat kid, and you're wearing glasses, and you have to find dance partners, and somebody's slapping you in school, and you have these little things that go every single day for whatever reason, or for no reason, boy, it wears you out. It really wears you out. So I stopped going to the lunchroom because I didn't want to find myself by myself, surrounded by people snickering at me or picking on me. I would go to the band room to eat lunch, or I'd go eat lunch outside by myself. I don't have any specific recollection of sitting with anybody at lunch any time through middle school or high school because nobody wanted me around. And I was afraid that if I sat at a table, somebody would sit next to me and pick on me. So I didn't go. Same reason I hated riding the school bus. When I was younger, I was close enough to the school, I would actually walk to the school. It was only about a half a mile. And back in the day, parents didn't worry about their kids getting picked up by rogue bands of thieves or whatever parents worry about these days. So at the time, I just walked the half a mile up the road. But when we went to the middle school, it was a much longer bus ride. I couldn't walk. And my mom didn't drive us to school because there was a bus. Back in the day, if there was a bus, you took the bus. Parents didn't take you to school. It just didn't happen. You rode the bus. That's what you did. I hated the bus. Because again, waiting at the bus stop. That's where I first got picked on for wearing glasses. But you never knew what was going to happen at the bus stop or on the bus. So I hated riding the bus. I had to, but I hated it. I dreaded getting on that school bus every single day. Were there specific things that I remember? Not really on the bus because it was something different every day. I just remember being uncomfortable on it, standing at the bus stop, riding the bus, having to take the bus home. It was a miserable experience. When I got to high school, I had to take, uh, I had to take the bus to high school because that was even further away. But I got my first job while I was in high school. I was 15 years old, and I had to go to my job from school. I couldn't drive. You can't drive at 15 in New Jersey. So I took my bike to my job, and then I had the bright idea, well, the job is only three miles from the house. The high school is only three miles from the house. So on every day that I could, I would ride my bike to school three miles, and then I would ride from school to home, get changed, and then ride the other three miles to my job. The job was at an apple orchard, so I was doing physical labor then. All of this happened at about the time that I made the decision to lose all that weight that I talked about in the episode about being a fat kid. So in addition to the running, I was riding my bike. And I was riding my bike partly just out of self-preservation because I didn't want to deal with what was going on on the school buses. I didn't want to stand at the bus stop. I didn't want to ride the bus. I didn't want to be beholden to the school to take care of me because I knew that the school wasn't going to take care of me. It was a very difficult learning experience for me, but I learned that I had to take care of myself. Now, I'm sure as you hear me talking, you can, you can hear some of the effects. I, I became aware of what was going on with me. Years later, I did some research on the effects of bullying, and I've watched a lot of documentaries on it, and I've read articles on it. But at the time, there was nothing for me to read to. There were no resources. People didn't think of bullying as a thing like they do now. It was just, ah, kids being kids. Ah, you know, toughen up. Ah, don't worry about it. Ignore it. They'll go away. But there were effects. I know that some kids these days, and back in the day too, but some kids get distracted because of the bullying. They get 
They make themselves sick. They find excuses not to go to school, not to do the work. And it's not that you're actively finding an excuse not to do things you're supposed to do. What it is, is you're so worried about what other people are doing to you, saying to you, saying about you, planning for you, that you can't concentrate on your schoolwork, on anything that you're supposed to be doing. For whatever reason, I did the opposite. I ignored as much as I could what they were doing to me, and I buried myself in my schoolwork. And that's how I got to be a pretty decent student, because I buried myself in the schoolwork. I shut everything else out, and I focused on doing schoolwork. I got good at school, because focusing on the studies that I was supposed to do was my only escape. I hated going to school. I hated walking the halls. But I also feared the consequences of getting in trouble at school by not doing my homework or failing a class, because I was worried what my parents would think about me. So there was this battle going on. I hate going to school, but I hate the possibility of screwing it up. So it kept me focused on just concentrating on the work and getting the work done. So that was the effect that it had on me. It was, yeah, kind of a good effect. I was a good enough student up until I got to high school. And I told a little of that story in the Fat Kid episode. But it did make me a a decent student, but to the exclusion of everything else. I didn't know how to socialize. I didn't know how to interact because I was buried in my books. The other thing it did was affect my ability to trust. Bullying affects your ability to trust. And here's how. One of the kids that I grew up with in my neighborhood, the next door neighbor, was was a good kid. We hung out until middle school. Now, when you get to middle school, that's when your social circles start to expand and you start finding kids who are more like you. And my neighbor, well, my neighbor kind of abandoned me because I was the fat kid who was wearing glasses, carrying a Snoopy lunchbox. I was not a cool kid. I acknowledged that. I was not a cool kid. There was nothing wrong with me. I was just kind of sweet and shy and insecure. And that's not the strong image that you make friends with, at least back when I was a kid. So my neighbor abandoned me. When the other kids started picking on me, he didn't stand up for me. I don't specifically recall that he ever actually picked on me, but I do know that he was nowhere to be seen when the kids were picking on me at the bus stop, on the bus, or in school. I had trust issues with kids in school, too, because you never knew who was going to be the bully. You never knew who was going to take something out on you. I didn't know who to trust because... Every day, it could be somebody different. Now, I learned the certain group of people that I would try to avoid at all costs, but you never knew when somebody would be put up to something or somebody else might want to flex their bullying muscles and take a shot at you. So I developed a mistrust of pretty much everyone and their motives. I would always be waiting for that facade of politeness or friendship to drop and that knife to get inserted in my back because it happened all the time. As a result of that, I didn't make friends easily because I didn't know who I could trust. I was always afraid that someone was going to betray me or bully me or hurt me somehow. So I just put up the walls and I didn't let anybody in. And then I stopped trying to make friends because I'd been burned too often. The other thing that I learned was that I was depressed. Was I clinically depressed where I needed therapy or medication? I don't even know because back in the day, that was not an option on the table. Therapy wasn't a thing then. Counseling wasn't a thing then. Not for bullying because it wasn't called bullying back then. It was called getting picked on and having to deal with the other kids. But I do know that there were lots of days where I didn't want to get out of bed 
There are lots of days where I just woke up miserable because my mom made me go to school. I went to school, but I didn't want to deal with people. I just wanted to go through the motions and get myself home because at least no one was picking on me at home. Now, I sat and I tried to figure out, now, why was I being bullied? And as I said in the episode about being the fat kid, I learned that that was one of the things. I was different. I was the big fat kid. I was also smart. I was smart because I focused on my schoolwork because that's all I had. I was also shy. Was I shy because I was picked on or was I picked on because I was shy? I don't even know, but I was a shy kid, kind of cautious, and the bullying and the getting picked on didn't do wonders for my self-esteem. So that made me even more shy. It was a vicious circle. It kept going and it didn't get better. I don't know that there's anything I could have done to fix it at the time. I don't know that there's anything that I could have done to make the bullies realize, you know, I'm not that horrible a person. Maybe if you spend some time with me, you might get to like me. Well, how did I fix it? I had to do this on my own. There was no therapy, nobody to turn to, nobody to talk to. Parents don't take things like that seriously. They didn't then. They do more so now. But I know that even if you take things seriously in this day and age, there's only so much you can do. And a lot of it falls on the person who's being bullied to take care of it themselves. So how did I fix it? Well, it may sound sad, but I learned to depend on no one. I learned to trust no one. I learned the only person that I could 100% rely on was me. So if I was going to fix it, I had to fix it. And so that's what I did. I dedicated myself to fixing it. And how did I do that? Well, I grew a thick skin. I learned not to care what others thought. I learned not to care what others said or did. Because in the long run, it really didn't affect me. No matter what anybody thought of me, if I believed that I was okay, then I was okay. I didn't need anybody else to validate the kind of person that I was. I knew I was a decent person inside. I knew that I was, you know, kind of a nice person, kind of a smart person. If they didn't recognize that, that was their problem. Now, that's not an easy realization to have, and it took me years to get to a spot where I was comfortable thinking that. But that was where I started. I learned to depend on me. I also lost the weight. It gave them one less thing to pick on. I figured that I was depressed. I was unhappy. I didn't have friends, so let's just, let's just change the way I looked. Give them one less thing to pick on me about. So I started the weight loss thing, and it worked. It didn't change the way they perceived me, but it changed the way that I perceived myself, and that helped me get to the point where I stopped caring what others thought. And the other thing that happened for me is I went away to school. As I was getting to this realization, I left the state of New Jersey. And I went out of state to school where I could reinvent myself, where I could actually be me, where I could be the guy that I knew that I was, where nobody had any preconceived notions about the kind of person that I was. And that was the biggest thing that happened for me. I changed my environment and that made a huge difference for me. Now, I learned a lot over the years from being bullied. I learned that bullying, if it doesn't create insecurity, it sure does make it worse. The same with depression and the same with trust issues. Bullying gives you trust issues like you wouldn't believe because you never know who to trust. You never know who the person is who's going to stab you in the back. As a result, it's made relationships, especially friendships for me, very, very difficult. My desire to be a loner in life is a direct result of being bullied. I know that. I recognize that. But that's because I learned at an earlier age that I could depend on exactly one person, me. 
Now, I've since opened up the walls and created a couple of doors and windows, and I've let a few people in because, as an adult, you realize you can trust certain people, but it's a very short list. Now, does it affect my ability to make long-lasting friendships or expand my friendship roles? Yes, it does. I recognize that. But I feel safer that way. I feel happier that way because I don't have to worry about things. Could I have used counseling? Yeah, I guess I probably could have, but as I said, it wasn't an option. And I'm fairly self-aware. It took years for me to get there, and maybe that's one of the positive effects of being bullied, is because I had to analyze in myself what was going on and how to fix it. Now, the effects of bullying these days, it's different these days than when I was a kid. Yes, depression is a thing. Absolutely it is. And bullying can cause that. And bullying can lead to suicide. There are studies that have documented that. And bullying can also lead to the mass shootings we hear about. There are studies that have documented that as well. This is not a podcast where I'm going to give you all the statistics. They're out there. But the suicide and the mass shootings are relatively recent phenomena. And it's because society has changed so much. And the bullying has changed. The degree, the depth the ways you can bully, it creates a different environment for people who are bullied. Suicide mass shootings are crazy concepts to me. It's not anything that I ever considered back in the day. It it just wasn't something that we talked about or thought about, but I can understand it. I understand it because I understand the desperation and the pain, so I get it. I don't think it's the solution. I don't think that it's the way anybody should go, but I do understand where it comes from. I guess the point of of that is to say that maybe having someone to talk to would make a difference. I'm not sure it would have made a difference for me. I'm not sure because, you know, I was at a point where I didn't trust anybody. So even if I had a counselor to talk to, would I have talked to them? I, I, I honestly don't know that. I honestly don't know that. But it did help me become more self-aware. It did help me learn to help myself. It did teach me to stand on my own two feet, to analyze myself, to figure out what my problems were, and to try to fix them to the best of my ability, and also to realize that I didn't need other people to validate me. And that may be the biggest thing that I gained out of being bullied as a child. I don't need anybody to tell me that I'm a good person. I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a decent human being. I know I do the right thing when I'm supposed to do the right thing. That's just what you do. You don't pick on people who are helpless. You don't pick on people who are weaker than you. And you do your best to make a positive difference in people's lives. That's what I've learned from bullying. And the other thing that I've learned is that it's important to reach out and help people who need help. And that's what I'm hoping that this episode of the podcast will help people both learn and know. That there are people out there who've been where you are, who've been through what you've been through, who you can reach out to for help if you need it. It's okay to trust some people, sometimes, if you need to. Yes, you have to be careful. Absolutely. I do not advocate trusting everybody because not everybody is a trustworthy person. That may sound negative or dark, but that's my experience. But that said, there are people you can trust with everything. You have to do a proper vetting process, but there are people you can trust. And it's okay to trust when you find that person. It's okay to let those people in. And it's okay to tell them what you're going through, what you're experiencing, what it feels like to be you. Because sometimes that's all you need. There's nothing wrong with asking for help when you need it. And if you take nothing else from this, take that. 
reach out for help when you need it. So, yeah, there's that. That's my episode about being bullied. It does bring back painful memories, but I think it's important to talk about it. I think it's important to let people know that they're not alone. And that's why I did this episode. I'll be back with more story time next week. Until then, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of things. I can't thank you enough for your support and the fact that you take so much time to listen to these episodes. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.